welcome, chill and grab a seat It's another episode, DFS and Dynasty You know who the baddest be, we talking about that fantasy Football, oh boy, going in beast mode Cheat sheets, cheat code, team QB Different level, won't believe how we do it Sleeper league, kick it with your boy Steve Yeah, we Austin, awesome I'm a man, John, we don't play, now we dope Best fantasy football podcast on the globe Get involved, rock and roll, DFS and Dynasty, homie, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasies, DFS and Dynasty. Steve Spacritelli here on the mic, along with John Chapman. John, how the hell are you over there, man? Man, I am exceptional. It is uh, probably the first Saturday I've had in a very long time where there is nothing on my agenda besides watch, film, write, record. Uh, got some time chilling with the kiddo, but the wife is out of town, which means sweats and macaroni and cheese, alcohol, and movies all day. So it's been wonderful. I'm not buying the sweats. I mean, I can only see like from your shoulders up, thank God, because chances sweats. are you're free balling on your chair right now. Nah, yeah, the, the 10-year-old's roaming around. I got sweats on. I got sweats on. I'm an adult. Are you, though? Are you? No. No, I think anytime you have to say something emphatically like that to proclaim your status, you automatically undercut. Like whenever people say the words "trust me," and then whatever they say after that, you can't trust them. It doesn't yeah, matter. You just kind of give them the side eye, like "Who would do really? Come on." Mm. Nope, nope. <sighs> I don't trust you at all. No, I wouldn't either. So, anyways, sounds like a creepy uncle quote right there. Trust me. Well, no, no, I don't, uncle. I mean, nope. Creepy uncle, we are the dirty dicks, right? So You're in your 40s, and you do not have a spouse <laughs> or a long-term relationship or job to speak of. I do not trust you. There is a reason for that. That's right. I don't want to play Twister. Yes, you do. <laughs> don't lie to yourself. Oh, God. So anyways, it's been a few days here since uh, you guys have heard our sexy voices, but here we are, and... Free agency has officially opened up this week. Uh, a lot of stuff happened during uh, uh, during the tampering process. However, nothing was official until it opened up on 4 p.m. Wednesday. So, had a few things go on. A lot of big signings. Um, you know, we had Anthony Barr pull a switcheroo. Like uh, <laughs> that what's was his, hilarious. Like what's his face did last year? Uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, you know, a couple other things, some trades happened, some guys getting in trouble again over there in Kansas City. So we're going to kind of touch base on a lot of that shit. Um, but before we get into that, as always, you can follow uh, our page on uh, Twitter at ESFDD, double D, Dirty Dicks, or Eat Sleep Fantasy at Eat Sleep FF, John Chapman at JL underscore Chapman, and myself at SSPAC21. So, do all that. Go to eatsleepfantasy.com. Check a bunch of shit out. John and I got uh, some mock drafts up through the first two rounds. Uh, we'll probably do some comparisons in another episode. Uh, just a lot of things that happened this week, and uh, we really want to touch base on some of that and give you some of the implications and impacts uh, as far as Dynasty goes. Now, yeah, John, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but... Well, I'm, I shouldn't say I don't know about you. I know you've been following the hell out of the 49ers, and I've been pretty happy with their offseason. I don't know how you feel about that, but I've seen some uh, analysts give them guys a lot of flack, but I don't think they're looking at the whole scope of everything, especially when it comes down to the contracts. 
Yeah, you know, the the big problem with the 49ers, or I guess I wouldn't call it a problem, they believe in betting on players that are willing to bet on themselves, and they front load the hell out of these contracts, and they're all essentially one-year deals with club options, basically, for the every term or every year thereafter, whether you're looking at D Ford, uh, you know, the linebacker, Quan Alexander, Tevin Coleman, doesn't matter. Uh, the numbers, when they say, oh, 49ers signed so-and-so for blank amount of money, Twitter overreacts because Twitter is Twitter. Um, and then the contract details come out and everybody says, oh, wow, actually, uh, this is a great deal. And if the injuries continue or whatever, then they can walk away after one year. So, it, yeah, it's there's a lot of just kind of knee-jerk reaction stuff to it. But what the 49ers have done is basically that this is what John Lynch has done several years in a row. He's going to plug every single hole before the draft. And then they're going to try to draft cornerstones that are priority need positions that fit what they want to do. Uh, now, the problem with John Lynch has been draft evaluation. He's definitely had some major busts already in only two years into the draft. Uh, you know, he's had three first-round picks, and two have gone belly up, basically. Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster are awful. Um, Mike McGlinchey was unreal and is unreal one year in. So uh, one for three on first-round picks, yeah, not the best. Yeah, talent-wise, though, I would say he hit him. Just I think it was a character issue on, especially Reuben Foster's part, right? More True. Yeah, he's anything. he's a douchebag. He's a douchebag. But I, you know, the Tevin Coleman signing, man, that really kind of surprises me in a way. I mean, if you look at what that deal is, and then you look at a team like Baltimore who decided to go in a different direction uh, with Mark Ingram, who's going to be on the wrong side of thirty here real soon. And then you look at the Eagles, who need somebody. I mean, they had JHI last year, and then who did they have? They had Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams. So, I mean, they needed somebody. And I and that was the Eagles or Baltimore, more Baltimore than anything, was kind of like my landing spot for Coleman. And the fact that he signed a two-year deal in San Francisco, I mean, I know he's spent some time with Shanahan uh, over there in Atlanta. But, I mean – kind of got a three-headed monster over there you were talking yesterday that there was some talks heating up about Brita moving on which would make me very sad because I like Matt Brita this is a contract year for him so it kind of makes sense for them to unless they were going to sign him to an extension through the season to to move him and try and get something for him but just very weird how that played out and how he didn't land anywhere else yeah it's it, it's weird I think Tevin Coleman wanted to be used a certain way and you know with his time with Shanahan when the Falcons went to the playoffs was by far his best year so Shanahan took you know gave basically a very cheap deal it's basically a one-year deal for five million dollars there's zero cap space next year if they want out I mean zero consequences so they can basically do two years for 10 or one year for five and so he took a friendly deal to go play with Shanahan and the craziness that is San Francisco they were one of the last teams involved in the Le'Veon Bell deal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they basically the things that were leaked out were they were offering him $38 million guaranteed for three years. So almost fully guaranteed deal for three years. So Shanahan, I mean, I don't know. That's craziness to me. But they've got a lot of guys, and then they go and sign an extension to Raheem Mostert, who's <laughs> the yeah. fourth running back. So... Breida yeah. could go. I get it. Um, he's so cheap. He was an undrafted free agent. I think he'd be a perfect fit in Philadelphia. I don't want to see him go, but uh, if he went there, he would be a starter day one. No doubt about that. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people are giving them flack because they missed out on Le'Veon Bell. They missed out on Odell Beckham. They missed out on Antonio Brown. I mean, they made offers that just yep. didn't go their way. And, you know, and that just goes to show, you know, them not overpaying for, for talent, you know. And, 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 and I there think was a lot of that going on through this free agency, in my opinion. Yeah, in the rumors, you know, that have came out, Jake Glazer said, you know, they wanted to send Odell Beckham to the 49ers because they wanted that number two overall pick. And so let's just talk a little bit of draft value because the question is this. If you're the Giants, so I want you to be Dave Gittleman. I know you're not that stupid, but if Do you're I the Giants. To? I don't want to. <laughs> would, you, would you prefer the number 17 overall pick, a third round pick, and Jabril Peppers a starting safety, or would you prefer the number two overall pick? If those are your two options, which one would you prefer? Uh, see, here's here's my thing about that whole deal. I think that they should have got more for Odell Beckham. In all honesty, um, my 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 biggest problem with that trade is the fact that those that dumbass actually paid him a buttload of money and then moved him. I mean, they have sixteen million dollars in in dead money on a cap right now. <laughs> And then How they trade because of the trade, right? So, yep. but my thing is, they 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 lost Landon Collins. They're still relying on Eli Manning. Although I, I feel like at six, even though everybody's saying that it's not going to happen, I feel like at six they're going to take Haskins. And then with the depth in this wide receiver class, they're going to get somebody at seventeen. But losing Collins, they brought Peppers in. Peppers is not like a star or anything like that, but he's. He's been growing into at least a solid safety. So they filled that need. You know, they got a first, they got a third out of it. I mean, they got a like a late mid round first out of it. I don't I feel like they could have got more, but I think they put themselves in a position to fill the need at quarterback and at wide receiver in the first round as well. Right. And they've got a lot of holes and they keep trading away good players. So they're playing <laughs> they're paying Olivier Vernon eight million. To play yeah. for somebody else, Damon yeah. Harrison snacks three million, even though they got rid of him a year ago. Man, that was um, that was such a treat for a fifth rounder too. It's like Jesus gosh. Lord, man. Gettleman's like giving handies as he's trading these players away and letting them go. Yeah, with eye contact too, which it, you should yeah, pay exactly. extra for. It, this just shows you why teams are bad, and this team's going to be bad for a very long time. Very long time. The Giants are they're just going to be a bad team now oh, dude that's why carolina shot him out of a cannon it's like get the hell out of here <laughs> i just don't understand it man why you would give this guy uh he's such a mess anyway oh yeah anyways all right i feel like we just turned this into your uh, 49ers rush podcast for a minute sorry here, about so. that sorry so, guys you know, there you go another free plug for you no <laughs> more 49ers talk the rest of the episode none so maybe maybe there's no guarantees um so yeah one of the first big moves that happened was antonio brown going over to the raiders and you know moving along with that trent brown sign they brought in tyrell williams the raiders have been making a lot of moves uh brought some key pieces in without moving any of those first rounders that the antonio brown trade a third and a fifth rounder for a guy who's Man, one of the greatest to ever play the game at the position. Um, I have a feeling that, well, not a feeling. Like my thought process on that is, is the way that he kind of ran his mouth and um, the way he kind of blocked that trade to Buffalo. I think he basically 
sabotage the whole situation. I mean, nobody was gonna nobody was gonna pay up uh, draft capital, uh, money wise or anything like that to bring him in after that whole show. The Raiders go in, slap a third and a fifth in there, give him a raise on guaranteed money. I mean, it's a win win for the Raiders and Antonio Brown. And unfortunately, man, you know. Steelers got the short end of the stick on that one. And then with them bringing in uh, uh, Tyrell Williams and then Trent Brown, uh, I think Derek Carr won on this one. I mean, yeah, he's he's been kind of struggling. He, he played well his first year. He got kind of shell-shocked a little bit his second year, and he really hasn't been the same, but hasn't had much of a supporting cast. So, I mean, he, he's, he's the winner here. Uh, backfield's still kind of shaky, although I'm kind of excited about Chris Warren. However... I know, I know. I, do you think that he's going to be the guy, though? Well, here's my thing, though, is that I can see... Um, I can see Josh Jacobs sliding, like, later in the first or even early in the second. And if he's there on their board, them taking him. Because I don't think they're going to take a running back at four. I really no. don't. So, and everybody keeps saying that, oh, they're going to make a move, you know, to go get Kyler Murray, Cardinals trade out of there, blah, blah, blah. I just have a hard time believing that the Cardinals are going to move out of first and not take Kyler Murray after the way that he interviewed at the Combine. I mean, the guy was throwing dimes at his pro day, and it's the same shit that we've seen in game speed at Oklahoma. So, I personally think Kyler Murray's kind of a can't miss and I would be absolutely shocked if they don't move Josh Rosen uh, and take Murray with the first overall pick. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, if we want to focus on Oakland real quick, you know, they do not have to go running back early. They have four picks in the top 35. Right. And then that you could get one with the 35th pick or you wait till a fourth round 106 there's going to be running back talent there there is every year in the draft so uh they're gonna add they're gonna draft a running back though they i mean it's gonna happen Jalen richard and chris warren they both do things that are good but they were both there last year and they didn't get the job done uh, you know? warren was on ir though yeah that's true that is true um and you know richard he's basically that third down guy but they're going to add somebody there so just stay tuned. If you're, you know, the fantasy and dynasty stuff, it's not bad to buy those guys right now. But again, if they go get an all-purpose three-down back, you know Gruden loves to leave one guy in there uh, if he has that option. So just something to pay attention to. Yeah, for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised because I think those two are the only ones that are under contract. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and draft two guys, to be honest with you. Yep. So... Yeah, so we had that. Then, uh, you know, let's move on to the Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell news. I mean, you know, go from AB and the Raiders to this. Now the Jets. Jets have had a pretty decent uh, free agency here with Bell and Mosley and bringing in Crowder, um, you know, making that defense a little bit better. You know, I mean, Mosley, Mosley and basically Jamal Adams up the middle of your defense at two different levels is pretty damn solid. And then you give Darnold uh, some more pieces to play with. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell really lost in this situation considering all the money that he lost last year. Um, what he's, what his contract is right now uh, is definitely not going to make up for that. Um, he's not getting paid what he was looking for. What he's making a year now is less than what Pittsburgh was even offering him. So I think, you know, he did everything on principle to a point. I can't blame him um, because you know, as an NFL player, you have to, you really have to be out for yourself. So, um, but I, I think in the end, he kind of lost out definitely on the financial side of this, but 
there is some upside with the Jets and young Sam Darnold and what they're putting around him right now, but I still think he had a better chance at winning in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like, you know, it's going to help out a lot having Bill there, you know, him and Darnold. Darnold, sorry about that. Uh, But their old line needs some work. They got KO, assimile, which is nice, but they still need basically center, right guard, right tackle, and possibly, I mean, Beecham, if you consider him a strong left tackle. Like, they need help. (laughs) They need major help. Their defense is fun, though. And, you know, they're picking in the top three. They're going to be able to – you're not going to get a tackle or a center there. You could, but I don't think they will. Um, they need pass rusher big time. But the Jets, man, I think you could see them competing in two years. I really do. Uh, you look at Buffalo, they've got a great defense, but still Josh Allen's a better fantasy quarterback than he is NFL quarterback. Um, Dolphins probably the worst team in the entire NFL right now. And, man, New England. Eventually Tom Brady's going to be done. Uh, they're going to have to draft a quarterback or get a quarterback in there sooner or later. But, man, I think there's a path that you could see the Jets actually being competitive in that division within two years. So uh, I think Bell, he's only 26. You know, yeah. he's going to be playing. So I, I think stock up for New York. I really, really do. Yeah, they have a lot of young talent. And, you know, if Darnold takes a healthy step forward, like a pretty healthy step forward this year, you know, they could compete this year too. I mean, really make a run. I don't know if they'll necessarily take the division because the Patriots are still there. Not this I, year, I don't. I think. mean, I man, I was really down on them last year, and I mean, it, it's got to happen eventually. And I thought last year was going to be the year, and I don't know. They just kind of reinvent themselves and went back to the days when Brady was young and just kind of played defense and ran the ball, and it worked out. And you know, they, fuck, they won a Super Bowl out of it. So, <laughs> but I mean, I think that the Jets, the Bills, are kind of moving in the right direction, um, but in that division. Uh, yeah, the Jets are definitely uh, the favorite to be the second, if not first place team there. Definitely not Miami. Sorry, Dale and Christian and Armand. Miami's, you they have officially melded in. And I, I kind of respect them for this. Now, as a fan, I'd be pretty pissed off if my team is saying, hey, look, we actually don't want to win right now. Um, we are just completely rebuilding. But that's way better than having Adam Gase as a coach. My biggest thing with the Jets is why the hell would you hire this guy? Um, anyway, so Dude, that, that, I, I still love the uh, video of Adam Gase at his press conference where his eyes are all crazy and they, somebody's got a taco floating around. <laughs> Dude looks like a space cadet, man. Oh God, that was good stuff. I have no idea. Like, I wonder if he was flying on something that day. I have no idea. But that Supposedly he's always looked like that. That's why he always wears his hat down really low. Really? Yeah. I, that's his thing. He's, he's always looks, he always looks like a space cadet. Well, no, that explains a lot about what happens on the field then. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> He's clearly not looking at what the fuck is going on out there. So. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, God. Now, here's here's the contract right here. That This this next one that I want to bring up, um, in a way, doesn't surprise me. Uh, it, it has to be a little bit better. Um, than Blake Bortles, but Nick Foles, four years, $88 million to be the next starting quarterback in Jacksonville. I think that's absolutely, utterly insane, considering they have the seventh pick in the draft right now, and Murray and Haskins are the top two. Haskins could potentially slide to you, hard to say, but if not, 
you got a good look at Drew Locke right there. I just, I don't know. I mean, quarterback's been a, a been a gigantic hole for them for years. There's no doubt about it. They have man Blaine Gabbert. Um, who else did they when they signed Chad Henney there? You know, now the Blake Bortles experiment. I mean, it's just it's been bad. I think the only yeah. the only quarterbacks that they ever had were Mark Brunel and then the the quick glimpse of uh, the Leftwich years. But man, I, Nick Foles isn't going to do much better, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's been a journeyman. He fell in Philadelphia. He did well, uh, you know, in the scheme with Doug Peterson and Frank Reich was there. Um, I just I, I don't know coming out of that scheme if you're going to see the same type of progress. Uh, the offense was a little more simple for him. Um, they worked to his strengths, but I I don't know if we're going to see that. And then I think more likely we're going to see what we were seeing before he landed in Philly. Yeah, the good thing is, you know, the system that's set up in Jacksonville is somewhat similar to what they had in Philly where they have this incredible defense. You know, you could still make the argument that Jacksonville's starting defensive roster is one of the top, if not the top, in the entire NFL. Like, they're still playing at that level. Like, there's a lot of guys all the way across everything. Now, their offense has taken some major steps back. You know, there's some question marks with Fournette in the run game. The offensive line, they went out inside Norwell last year. Um, you know, they're getting Cyril Richardson Jr. back at the right tackle. So, it, yeah, they could fit a couple guys in there. But outside a wide receiver and offensive line, this is a pretty solid roster. And Foles is not going to have to throw the ball 40 times a game here. They're going to rely on the running game. And if he can just convert some third downs and do well in the red zone, which we've seen him do, I, I think that they can be okay. Um now, everybody else in that division has taken huge steps forward, which makes it kind of rough because, I mean, shoot, you look at Tennessee, you look at the Colts, uh, you look at the Texans. Those are teams that are surging. So we'll see what happens. They're tied to Foles now. This contract is not a friendly deal. This no, is a long term. So this, is, this isn't this is a sign Foles and draft a quarterback at one. Absolutely not. Like, they are tied to this guy for the next three years. So uh, they're they're staying with it. This is a three to four year commitment guaranteed. And so like they cannot get out from underneath this contract. So it's Foles or bust. And I think he'll do okay. He's going to be better in Bortles. Let's be honest. I mean, anybody, much. anybody should be um, for the most part, but I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it needs to be, it needs to be that simple uh, yet short offense, which I don't think they really have the right pieces in play to do that. Um, I don't know. Well, so it remains to be seen, but I'm just I'm I'm kind of I'm not very high on it, especially for the money that they're paying them, right? Yeah. So, but anyways, we've already talked about uh, Tevin Coleman a little bit, and I want to bounce back to the G-men. Golden Tate, four years, thirty-seven and a half million. Um, I don't really know what to make of that, other than the fact that. You know, his strengths are basically going to be in the way of Saquon Barkley. Short yardage, uh, short yardage receiver who's really good with the ball in his hand and yards after contact. Um, not really sure how that's going to complement with uh, Shepard. Uh, not sure. <laughs> it doesn't. What, not it sure doesn't. what we're going to see out of uh, Ingram now with, with Odell Beckham out of the way because uh, he, he did play well in his rookie year when OBJ was not there. But it's just, I, man, you know, 
you make bad moves, you make, and now to me, Golden Tate's a good player. It's not a knock to Golden Tate, but this is just a bad move for what they have going on there. I really, and here's, hear me out first. <laughs> Tate got traded, all right, and was absolutely abysmal in yep. the Eagles system. Yep. It just wasn't a fit. All of the free agent signings, trades, all that stuff, Tate gets no love. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's trying to make moves for him, whatever else. Giants call up and say, look, we need you to come here. You're big name. Fans can get behind you, whatever. You can help Eli because he can't throw it further than 10 yards. And Tate says, why would I go there? You can't win. <laughs> We're going to pay you a ridiculous amount of money, way over what you are worth. Deal, I'm in. <laughs> that's, that's just how I saw that taking place. Um, this is nobody wanted Tate. He's getting older. Uh, I still think that he has a role in the NFL, but it sure as hell is not for this much money on this team. This is a I time to get paid. I'm getting older. I'm not going to be winning a championship anyway. So whatever. This is sell jerseys, get fans in the stands. That's what this was. I almost, I almost think he could have went to New England, making about five to seven a year with a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl in the next year or two. But see, if you can't get used to the passing tree and offensive language in Philly, New England's the next complex. I mean, that that's a very complex offense, and there's a history of wide receivers going in there and struggling because they couldn't adapt. So if I was the Patriots, I'd, I would say, no, nah, I don't think this is going to fit. I do agree. Obviously, the Giants are competing with uh, the Dolphins for worst team in the NFL, but... It's what it is. <laughs> well, they're doing a hell of a job. That's how I was laughing when when uh when Tannehill was on his way out. I think it was Dale it was Dale Armando or Armando that sent the text that like, you know, Tanny's out officially tanking for Tua. That's how I was like, Well, unless the Giants beat you to him because <laughs> they're the type of team that good, man. If they don't take yep. a quarterback this year, man. I, I mean just first glance at next year, Tua is the only one that really sticks out to me. So well, let's see. Let's talk about a couple of Saints here. We had Teddy Bridgewater was kind of flirting going to Miami. He ended up sticking uh, with the Saints. Drew Brees did restructure his contract, free up some money, so they were able to bring Bridgewater back and kind of give them some room to uh, to make some other moves, uh, whether it's round one or round two in free agency and, and you know still be able to target what they want uh, in the draft. But, you know, Mark Ingram, Moving on, going to Baltimore. We kind of brought that up a little bit earlier. I like this landing spot for him. Um, I think he'll be good for Lamar Jackson. I think he'll be good for that offense, but they need a lot more on that offense because, man, if they're going to rely on Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, that offense is going to be dead. And from what that defense has lost, sure they brought, um, sure they brought Earl Thomas in, but. They need a lot more than that. There's there's some struggles going on in that uh, in Baltimore right now. Even though I do like Mark Ingram there. Yeah, the problem is, let's say you're a wide receiver and you're a free agent. Why the hell exactly. would you go to the Ravens? Yep. Yep. The dude can't throw a pass, and I think that he's going to get better, Lamar Jackson. But you're talking about I mean, a guy that's John Brown left there to go to Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, and that should tell you something. Man, <laughs> that, sh- that should really tell you something. So they are building this team around a solid defense, but they lost several defensive pieces. Uh, they were able to get in, you know, um, Earl Thomas, which was a great signing. They still have amazing corners in Humphrey and Smith. 
Uh, you know, they're going to be great. They're going to be great on defense. The problem is you've got to draft wide receivers there because if not, you're going to be facing eight-man boxes even if you do get great wide receivers. But even if you draft a guy in the first or second round as a wide receiver in your Ravens, you're talking, what, five targets a game? Six? Mm-hmm. It's, it's So they're going to be taking some flyers. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in probably 15 wide receiver undrafted free agents and just see what sticks. But, man, that is going to be the worst place to go for wide receivers. I mean, um, to me right now, the winners are um, Mark Andrews and uh, and yep. Hurst. Like, I, I mean, those two tight ends right there. And they re-signed. And I was just going to say, yeah, friggin', uh, what is it? Oh, O'Leary, Nick O'Leary or something Nick like that? Boyle. Or Nick, Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle, yeah. So, so, and they got Max Williams. So, like, it, it, it ain't changing. No, I mean, what are they going to run? Just do just big sets and run and throw out of big sets all day long? I mean, I don't know. Very interesting development over there. Um, so, a couple of slot wide receivers here. Adam Humphreys and Jamison Crowder. Humphreys going to Tennessee. Crowder to the Jets. Um, Humphreys could be a good addition there. They don't really have anybody. They've drafted a lot of wide receivers, and they don't really yeah. have anybody to pair along uh, with Corey Davis, who, I mean, the guy's got all the talent in the world. We haven't seen really anything big out of him yet. Has some uh, flashy games and plays, and the talent's obviously there. There's just been He's struggles. He's got to get targets. I mean, Yeah, there's, there's just been struggles at quarterback. It's Mariota. This is the issue there. And, you know, they just made a huge trade. I don't know if you want to call it a huge trade, but they got Tannehill. And yeah. so Tannehill's now now there. And, man, if if Mariota doesn't step up his game, this is going to be the last year there. And they've gone out and gotten pieces. You know, I, I think Taewon Taylor is a very awesome piece there. You know, he's that kind of burner, jet sweep guy, but he just hasn't stayed healthy. So it, they've got a great offensive line. All they really, really need is just that quarterback and a tight end piece. Delaney Walker's been unreal, but he's getting up there in age. You know, he's 30-plus, so I could see them drafting a tight end. You know, if we look at their draft spot and kind of where they are, this is kind of the sweet spot where you're going to start to get into, you know, the, the both of the Iowa tight ends, you know, Hawkinson or Noah Fant or Irv Smith. One of those tight ends will be going early, and I think 19 is kind of that big spot where a tight end could go early. I like Hawkinson at 12 to Green Bay. That would be smart, man. And they, they signed a bunch of pass rushers, which has freed up you know their need. Every mock draft I've done, if I have not put a pass rusher in at 12 to Green Bay, they have two first-round picks, 12 and 30. Packers Nation gets pissed off. <laughs> but I, I love Packers fans, man. They they know football, they know their roster, and they know what they're talking about. But they gotten so mad. But now, you know, you got two first round picks and not a whole lot of holes in that team. So they can kind of go best place of player available. I still do think that they will get a pass rusher at one of those. But tight end just seems like such a need and it matches, like you said, the value for a guy like Hawkinson. Right. Exactly. So Looking at Humphreys in Tennessee, though, I mean, he kind of feels he's been durable. He kind of feels that spot. It's just going to be a matter of how that passing game develops. I like Adam Humphreys there. I think he's a good complement to what Corey Davis could do. Um, I just, it's just it's got to work out under center, man. And even bringing Tannehill there, I mean, his legs are glass. So whether it's Mariota or Tannehill, it's just a matter of health. And, and my thing is, like, they run a lot of two tight end sets. So 
that's great that you brought in <laughs> Humphreys. That's awesome. So are you going to leave him out there in two wide receiver sets and take Taylor off? Or are you, is he just going to be on the field 40% of the time? Because this is a running um, identity team behind Derrick Henry. They showed down the stretch that that could work last year, and Derrick Henry went bonkers and won a lot of people fantasy championships, myself included. Um, <laughs> but what's that going to look like? Are they going to go away from their identity and do a lot more three wide receiver sets? Um, I don't know, man. You know, they made that huge – they brought Saffold over, and their offensive line is freaking one of the best in the NFL. Um, they've got one spot at right guard with Levin, but outside of that, like, they're pretty stout, man. So curious to see what they're going to do there. Maybe he just goes in on third down, short yardage, and kind of does his little curly cue route that he always did at Tampa Bay, and it works so well. But uh, curious to see how this going to fit there. Well, I mean, do you think they change that up a little bit, though, as far as their set goes? You know, LaFleur's gone. Vrabel's obviously a defensive uh, head coach. You know, they promoted uh, Arthur Smith to the real C. You know, at tight end, you know, you're talking about Delaney Walker. They still have John Smith. Um, I, I don't know. Do they stick with that identity and run a lot of two tight end sets? Or do they kind of shift it up a little bit? Hey, play those big sets, you know, play some three wide sets and put Humphreys in, their, in the slot. It's it's hard to say. I guess we got to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's a huge guess, man. We'll we'll just have to see what happens. But if they want to win games, they need to run the ball. They they showed that they could do that. Uh, their defense is constantly improving. So we'll see what happens. Right. So one last guy that we'll look at real quick. Um, I mean, there's a, a ton of slot guys. We we briefly talked about. Well, we brought up Jamison Crowder. We really didn't talk about him, but his role kind of be the same. Uh, in New York, he'll just be that short yardage guy. Uh, you know, good could be a good compliment to the deep threat that Robbie Anderson is. Who knows who's going to be uh, the two, uh, if Quincy Anunu is going to be able to play 16 games or not, or, or if they're going to explore other options there. But uh, Cole Beasley moving on from Dallas to Buffalo. You know, I thought Buffalo would have targeted a wide receiver this draft, and maybe they still will, but... <laughs> They targeted uh, Antonio Brown. <laughs> right. So they targeted Antonio Brown when they missed on that. They bring in John Brown and Cole Beasley. You know, they still have Robert Foster and Zay Jones. I mean, that's not saying much, but kind of interesting there, given the fact that they have Josh Allen, those wide receivers, and they have, you know, combined, you know, 1,000 years of age at their backfield. So, I can kind of see them targeting running backs and probably defense more than anything uh, in this draft. Yeah, and what's crazy is, you know, the the rich get richer. You, you could, again, they're kind of in that conversation for top five defenses. That secondary is just elite. And they've got a lot of picks. You know, they overspent a lot of draft capital last year to get Josh Allen, but they didn't trade out of 2019. Right. So they are loaded. You know, they have all of their original picks plus an extra seventh, fifth, and fourth rounder. So they're going to be able to move up and down this draft board to get the talent that they want. You know, their first pick, number nine overall, very, very deep draft. And, you know, Kyle Williams, one of my favorite personalities and players in the NFL, just absolutely love Kyle Williams. And if you watch any of the combine, the D-line, he was out there with Richard Seymour. And probably one of my favorite parts of the whole draft was him talking about all the D-line drills and technique and what to watch for. That guy's just, we got to get him on TV more. But, um, man, if, if they could get one of these, you know, top-tier D-linemen, they're going to be available at nine. So, 
Um, we'll, we'll have to see what they do. They're going to be quietly moving up, I think, in that, that division. Um, I'm not the biggest Josh Allen fan. Quarterback for Buffalo, not the pass rusher out of Kentucky. But, man, if they can get <laughs> – if they can stay healthy and run the football – then I think they're going to be able to hold people to such low numbers because that defense is for real. So real quick before we uh, kind of wrap this up here, you know, off top of your head, the players that we just talked about, who's your favorite and who's your least favorite signing and what's the dynasty impact? All right. So if we're just focusing on dynasty, all right. Um, you know, I'll tell you this. My, <laughs> let, let, let me phrase this correctly, okay? <laughs> I, I don't want to piss. Pause. Let, let's, let's do it this way, okay? One of my favorite things that's happened is this whole Odell Beckham trade thing. Obviously, everybody, that was great whenever it happened. But the caveats of all the different implications between Odell leaving is just insane. Jarvis Landry's value, which wasn't very high to begin with in Freddie Kitchens' offense, um, has gone down even more so. So uh, Jarvis Landry is the biggest loser throughout this free agency. Now, I think that you know Baker Mayfield is probably the biggest winner. I, I didn't adjust Odell Beckham's dynasty value. He's my number three wide receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and I didn't adjust that. I, I'm not going to put him up there because – uh, until we see it now no doubt Odell can be the number one forever but with all these options and they love to run the ball in Cleveland um, it's not like he's going to be the leader in targets perhaps he will be but that's a huge projection now if we look at if we go back over to the New York side my last ranked quarterback 32 out of 32 is Eli Manning um, he was at like 28 <laughs> but now he's all the way down um, Sterling Shepard gets a little bit of a bump. Evan Giants Ingram gets a big Bortles. bump. But, uh, man, Nicholas Chubb, I, I'm bumping him down. I bumped him down several spots. So if we're just talking winners and losers, you talk about one guy moving, and that kind of adjusts everything. I had Nick Chubb as my number eight behind David Johnson. He's down to number 11, and I kind of want to move him down to number 12. I want to move Joe Mixon uh, ahead of him I there like just because I don't think that the volume is going to be there for Nick Chubb. Um, especially in the goal line, as much as it was. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the funny thing about that, too, is all the trade talks of uh, Duke Johnson, I think are, I think that's going to go to the deadline because of the suspension with Kareem Hunt. But, you know, I think it's funny that even though these guys were not involved with free agency, I think the biggest winners are at quarterback, and that is Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield. Yep. And then I think two guys that could be really good – uh, for organizations, and and I think they just landed in possibly the worst spots for their capabilities. And I think the biggest losers are Golden Tate uh, and Mark Ingram. So those are just kind of my favorites and my least favorites in that situation. Man, I I bumped Mark Ingram up. I, I'm with you on all those other guys. I actually bumped Mark Ingram up just because I think he's going to get all those carries, and it's so hard to be a linebacker against that zone read when you have a mobile quarterback. You've got to overcompensate, which creates better lanes through the tackles and between the tackles. So actually, I, I bumped him up a little bit. He's the only person in the Ravens team that I've moved forward. <laughs> They're going to need something, though, to, to keep that defense yeah. true or to keep the defense honest because I can see them stacking the box, and, and unless Lamar Jackson can hit some quick outs, 
some quick post patterns or something. Like, I, I don't know. I, I can oh. see defense stacking big time. Yep. And last one that came to mind, Darius Geis, probably the biggest uh, loss the most. They uh, Redskins oh, go back. out and bring AP back. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That was unreal. And so we were looking at Darius Darius Geis being the number one guy there. Not anymore. Not anymore. So I forgot all about that. I have dropped Geis a full round. He was in my. He was number eleven. He's down to twenty one for me as far as running backs go. Ooh, that's my number. There you go. That'd be my number. (laughs) But anyways, all right. Well, yeah, good stuff, man. it's good to get on here with you talk about some of these free agency moves. Obviously, a hell of a lot more has happened. Uh, more things are going to happen. Shit, we didn't even talk about Tyreek Hill and that mess, but, man, it's just a terrible situation for his son, you know, and, and for the sake of Kansas City. Hopefully nothing bad comes out of this because, you know, if they if they stay true in what they did with Kareem Hunt, they'll end up cutting him too, and then we'll see what happens if he's suspended indefinitely. So, um, you know, Talents like that are unfortunate, but when you're a dumbass, I don't feel very bad for you. I feel bad for the victims. Yep. Uh, well said. He's a piece of shit. Um, yep. Whether he did this or not, he's a piece of shit. You yep. go back and read his police report <laughs> in, in college. I, I don't like stuff like this. I've hated Tyreek Hill since OSU days. I, I was really big into recruiting uh, in the Big 12 country. I coached high school football down there for a long time. I hate this kid. I hate this kid. So whether he did anything in this time or not, you choke out your pregnant wife and hit her in the stomach or girlfriend, you're awful. I hate this man. I hate him. I hate him. Yep, I'm with you. But anyways, so again, go on Twitter, at ESFDD, uh, John at JL underscore Chapman, myself at SSPAC21. Go to eatsleepfantasy.com. Look at all the latest stuff. Again, John and I have mock drafts up there. Um, John, myself, Austin, Dale, and Armando. I believe all of us have dynasty rankings up there. Go over there, check all that stuff out. Um, as always, uh, follow those guys at Eat Sleep FF. And until the next time you guys hear from us, deuces, we're out. It's all the fantasy football action that you need. Bringing you the best players every